Hey there, Blue Beauties. Welcome to the Blue Beauty Podcast with The Cosmetic Clinic. I'm Carla, your host, and I'm going to be talking to some amazing people all about confidence, beauty, loving the skin you're in, and being the best version of you every day. So let's get into it. Hey there, Blue Beauties. Once again, we're back with the Cosmetic Clinic podcast, talking all things beauty, beauty treatments, cosmetic injectables, laser hair removal, and skin treatments. And today I have such a special treat for you guys today. Today we're talking to Selena. Selena is the chairperson of the Cosmetic Clinic New Zealand. She's also one of the owners of two, three, how many is it now, Selena? Three? Three clinics. (laughs) three clinics now um, in New Zealand and she's also an ex-international netballer and a mother of four beautiful little boys. So Selena, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Carla. (laughs) It's so nice to actually have a a good chat to you because like I mean we've we've sort of crossed paths a lot you know through you know what we both do with the cosmetic clinic Um, but it's really nice just to get you to myself to have a bit of a chat and find out all about all things Selena. So thank you so much for coming and having a chat with us today. Pleasure. It's probably my least favourite subject, everything about Selena, but <laughs> oh, I think that's everyone's least favourite subject is themselves. But, you know, hey, people want to know. People want to know. Um, one of the things that I want to know is talk me through your, and, and I'm, I'm jumping straight into the past here, Talk me through netball, because I know like netball is such a huge um, national sport for New Zealand. You know, we love it. I was, I played netball when I was a kid. I coached netball, coached my little sister's netball team, which was hilarious. Um, Talk to me about how you got into netball and your sort of your little bit about your history with it. So growing up in Australia, um, very similar to here in New Zealand, uh, it was unusual for someone not to play netball. Um, so back then I predominantly was doing individual sports when I was younger. So I was doing surf life saving, ballet, um, swimming, things like that. And I did not like the one on one attention. I liked the idea of being in a team where it was shared and, you know, just more fun. So being the main sport that everybody played, um, and my friends played, I asked my parents if I could play netball. So I probably didn't start till I was 11, um, which is a bit late for most fanatic netballers and not being in that world, I had no real idea. So getting down to the netball courts, I was very nervous and unsure of how it was all going to go. But yeah, I mean, I loved it. And I've been so lucky over the years to spend so much time um, all my life pretty much revolved around netball for the first 20 years or so more, nearly 30 years of my life, especially the last 10 of those um, playing at an elite level. Um, But, yeah, I was so lucky to do what I absolutely loved um, for so many years. Amazing. And so, and you you actually, so tell me about, like, you, because you did get up, you were in the diamonds, weren't you? Yeah, so I, you know, started like everyone else at Saturday Club Netball and I guess everyone thinks, oh, so how did it all happen? But for me, it it just seemed very normal and, you know, I made rep sides and then I made state sides. and I just loved it. So I just kept playing. I did have some setbacks along the way. I think when I was in my late teens, I got 
um, I wasn't selected in a couple of the state teams and just because I was pretty um, relaxed about it all and I still loved playing it and a lot of my girlfriends played, I kept playing. Um, and then sure enough, was lucky enough to get selected in, I think it was the under-21s was my next state team, the under-19s and 21s. And that kind of just snowballed into getting selected for the Swifts, which are now called the New South Wales Swifts playing for them for many, many years. And like I said, it just snowballed. Then, of course, then I got an opportunity to be in the Australian squad um, that eventually I became an Australian player and a diamond. So, wow, that's so cool. I think I appreciated a lot more and a lot more of what I've done now that I'm older. But at the time, it just seemed to be the next thing that would happen naturally. Yeah. I guess. So, and, and I mean, obviously, that is, that's, that's so cool. It, that's what, a, what an amazing story. Um, I mean, yeah, we netball is something that we all grew up with, you know, um, in New Zealand, and it's it's it, it's something that um, you know, getting out about, getting out and being exercising and being with your teammates and that whole camaraderie and everything like that. And you talk about loving being part of that team. Is that something that sort of carried through into your sort of you know your your corporate life, your, your work life, that sort of thing, like working in a team, that sort of mentality? Okay. Without a doubt, um, being from a very team environment, being in netball, I think anyone that works anywhere is normally around some other people. Um, and despite what your work is, it's the people around you that really make your day either enjoyable or not enjoyable. So it was really important both throughout the Swifts and also the new, and the Australian team um, was team culture. And that was making sure that everybody was on the same page. Everyone was pulling their own weight. Um, and the expectation was as soon as you came into that team that you adopted those values um, and expectations. And it's something that I definitely wanted to bring into the cosmetic clinic. Um, working previously in corporate life, uh, I found it a little bit more difficult because I wasn't necessarily in charge and therefore I was following certain cultures. Um, but coming into the cosmetic clinic, uh, Tim and I definitely wanted to build that great team environment that we knew that we could rely on each other yeah yeah and I love I love that um the t one of the one of the things I love the most about being in the clinics is the team environment you know it's it's so it's very very quickly your technicians become become your friends <laughs> you know they become the people that you talk to like a little bit like a hairdresser so that kind of really leads me into um asking you how you ended up with the cosmetic clinic in New Zealand so my husband, Tim, and myself, we were looking into, we both worked in larger corporate organisations um, yeah. and we were looking for a change to open our own business. Uh, I was very scared at the prospect of that. Um, I knew small businesses failed. I knew they were very difficult. Um, and that was my kind of high level view of them, not really understanding it. But yeah. I guess the way we looked at it was we could control more of our life, spend more of our time with our kids um, and kind of dictate when we did and didn't work rather than having it dictated to us. So yeah. back in Australia, we were looking to get into some kind of business and weren't sure. And one thing through friends, through contacts, um, led us to the beauty industry, which was something that Tim and I had absolutely no background in. Um, my routine was to wash my face with some water in the morning and put on a basic, you know, supermarket bought moisturiser and that was about it. And then I think a lot of us are guilty of, of, of that, you know, a lot of us are guilty of, you know, having such simple skin routines. You just It's something you don't really think about. 
until you start getting older and you start looking in the mirror and going, uh-oh, <laughs> what what's happened here? But yeah, I mean, it's, so you hadn't been in you hadn't been in the industry at all, either of you. That's no, we hadn't had any background in the industry, but Tim's background is business, um, and as for myself, I was in IT. So we were looking in Australia initially for a franchise, um, and it was quite saturated the market over there, so it was quite difficult to get into. Um, we couldn't really find somewhere that we wanted, and had the opportunity to come over to New Zealand. So. Tim did a whole lot of research, thought it was a great opportunity, and then had to try and convince me to move the family over. <laughs> that must have been that must have been a challenge because I mean you've got four children, which is incredible. Well done, you've joined the the club. I I too have four children and know how challenging that can be, especially moving them. Um, I moved mine from one end of the country to the other end of the country, and that in itself, you know, even away from you know, the grandparents and everything deep down in the deep south up to the top of the north, you know, even in New Zealand, it's, it's actually almost cheaper to go to go back to, you know, go to Sydney than it is to go to Invercargill. <laughs> oh, I've just let away a secret there. I'm, I'm <laughs> Don't hold that against me, folks. But, you know, I know I know what you're saying, like just that that whole, like it's a massive move. It's a huge decision. Well, how did, how did you make that? Like what made it easier? How did that finally sort of cement for you that it was the right thing to do? So after speaking at the, obviously the cosmetic clinic has come from Australian skin clinics over in Australia. Yeah. We brought a franchise over. So going and actually meeting at their head office, um, learning all about the company, learning how they have a great training environment. Um, their big focus is on training. They have their own department there. Um, and seeing how the business structure, the protocols and everything was already set up, to me, it was not starting a new business. It was starting a business where someone had already made all the mistakes, had refined it to a point that um, certainly it needed changes and we've changed it over time ourselves, but we were starting at a very high level. So that gave me, um, I guess, uh, satisfied my worry about whether or not it was going to work but then my next big thing was how was I going to cope without having my family nearby and um, I'm very close to my family my brothers and my parents yeah I've always lived in close proximity to each other I guess I looked at it as an opportunity to try something new uh, the fact that Auckland is three hours flight from Sydney and therefore a lot easier to get back and forth it wasn't like we were going to the UK and also the fact that New Zealand was what I thought was very similar to Australia, outdoor lifestyle, very natural in its environment, um, and I thought a, a good place to bring up the kids. Yeah, I mean, and it, it is, and especially like, I mean, Auckland, you know, you're choosing the right place because, you know, the weather is is very similar to possibly not New South Wales, but more like a... ...and say it is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely... It's not nearly as warm. <laughs> we arrived in 2016 right in the middle of winter and probably, I don't know if it's because I had to climatise, but probably the worst winter we've had since we arrived. I thought it was the coldest, wettest place on the planet. And I was thinking, what have we done? <laughs> oh, man, you needed to, you need to go to Invercargill because this, I moved up here and I was like, wow, this it's tropical. It's I'm so warm all the time. Look, I'm literally in a, in a singlet right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in the cargo was it was crazy cold. So for me, this and I mean, I've got um, family in in Sydney and love going to Sydney and love the weather in Australia. 
Um, I mean, obviously, New Zealand will always be home, but I mean, you're right, Australia, the, the culture that's very similar, the outdoors, the barbecues, the, you know, the, the beach life, my two, my two youngest boys are surf lifesavers, you know, fully qualified, they live on the beach, it's such, it, it is like, we are like little brothers, really, New Zealand and Australia, so I guess, in a way, that was probably, made it sort of a little bit easier, you said it wasn't like coming from the UK, or, you know, halfway around the world. Same language, same, I think, similar values between Australia and New Zealand. The yeah. transition coming over here was so simple. Being an Australian, coming to New Zealand and obviously vice versa, everything was just easy. One, I couldn't believe when you'd call up a government department, someone would answer the phone. That never happens in Australia. Um, so getting everything set up was just very easy um, from that perspective. The kids, I had two kids in school and two little ones home with me. And the two that went into school loved it from the start, um, made friends very quickly. Um, I was predominantly at home because I had the two little ones and wasn't even trying to make friends at that stage, was just trying to survive looking after four kids at home by myself, no family support, but very quickly and very easily made friends through school and so forth. And I, I guess my expectation of it'll be okay, it'll be fine, you know, it's not far from Australia um, and my passion was already always very much being an Australian and thought we lived in the best country in the world. But coming to New Zealand, I must say, I've it's exceeded my expectations beyond what I could have thought. Just oh, the, the relaxed atmosphere over here, the friendliness. I don't know if it's a smaller population or what it is, but it's certainly a lovely, lovely place to live. Yeah, I, I have my own theories. I have my own theories on that. Like I think like New Zealand, we're a very young country. I'm so similar to Australia, very young country. Um, and I think a lot of the people who came to New Zealand, they had to band together because it was so far away from, you know, where a lot of people had come from, Europe. So far away, it was full of, you know, people who wanted to make a better life, but they realised they were going to have to carve it out of something that was pretty wild. You know, it was still very wild here. So I feel like it's that whole camaraderie is still is still hanging on from those early times where you had to work together, you had to know your neighbours, you had to try and pull together, if the, you know, and, and the weather and it got cold, you'd have to huddle, you know. And I guess that sort of that has carried through in our culture a lot. And I see it a lot in the teams that you guys have put together and how important it is, you know, for everybody to get along in the, in the clinics because, you you know, you're working in an environment where training is really important, where the treatments, some are quite technical, and so everybody kind of has to work together and, and you're working uh, with people who have, you know, you kind of got their hope in their hands, you know, you're, you're changing lives really, you know, with some of these treatments. So having the support of a really strong, healthy team who are really close is really important, I think, in this industry. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that brings me, uh, we've spoken about this before. But yeah. just the idea of um, the beauty industry, I must say, when I first got into it, not knowing a lot about it, I had my reservations as to, is this really something we want to get into? You know, I'm very, try to be very natural, very wholesome in my lifestyle and what we eat and what we use and so forth. So the thought of coming into the, the beauty industry from the outside looks very superficial, looks very much like your Kardashians, your big lips, your... The perfection that we all sort of correct pretend to strive for <laughs> and even the over perfection of what yeah. people strive for I guess you see the extremes in the media and you think that's what the beauty industry is yeah. um, but after spending time in it and 
you know, hearing stories coming out of the clinic that just warm my heart in regards to people and their change in their appearance, which changes their um, confidence and basically changes their life. It's this flow and effect of feeling great about yourself, not because you look like some ridiculous person or, you know, it's more just feeling great with yourself. And I know for myself coming over here and having four children, by the time I got to my fourth, I was certainly, my body was certainly starting to scream out for some love, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never really had anything other than, as I said, very much slapstick, whatever went, went. And coming over here and seeing what the beauty industry can do for you and the basic stuff that just makes you, as you said, feel fresher, feel more confident about yourself. You don't look any different, but people will say, wow, have you been on holidays or have you done something? You just look so relaxed and so healthy. Oh, and yeah. that's the type of thing we're looking for. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's it's that because I, I was very, very similar to you. Like I, and I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. Like I was a complete hippie where I hadn't washed my, you know, I hadn't washed my hair for two years. I don't, I get it cut once every three years kind of thing, you know. Um, and my skincare routine was, you know, rosehip oil, natural rosehip oil. I didn't even use cleansers. I didn't use toners. I had, you know, nothing like that at all. It was just, it was just very, very natural. Um, and, yeah, as you say, same sort of thing. Had the four kids, getting older, life starts to get busy. And then I started working um, with the cosmetic clinic and my first microdermabrasion, my first 10 step, I came out of the clinic and I couldn't, I had to pull over on the side of the road and <laughs> look at myself in the mirror, really in, in, the, in the car, literally in the car, looking at myself in the mirror, just going, wow, you know, that's incredible. My, I look, my skin feels incredible. And it was just, I couldn't stop touching. It was like, stop touching it. You're, you know, you're putting bad things back on it. But it was like, oh, it's so smooth, um, you know. And it, I didn't realize how such simple, simple but very, very medical-based, mediaesthetic treatments could actually just make such a make such a difference. You know? uh, I, I totally agree. I find I was very skeptical. Thought that you know. You go into these stores and they do the treatment, then they're trying to push the products on you. And, you know, is it any different from what you get in the supermarket? It's just, a you know, a lot more expensive than a basic supermarket product. But yeah. until you start using them and until you start trying some of the treatments that we have, it's yeah. blown, like you, blown my mind of how my, my skin is 10 years better than it was, you know, before I started this. I do use the products regularly. Um, and I have the treatments here and there. I I don't have them every single month. Um, I'd like to give my face a bit of a rest sometimes, but I just find the quality of my skin is amazing. Things like our Cosmoland treatment, our anti-wrinkle, I hate to say it, that's something that I never thought I'd do and I tried it and I don't know how I would ever not do it. <laughs> that's so, I'm so glad that you're honest about that because I mean, I think, I think we all sort of feel a little bit like, I mean, I love the whole aging like I turned 47 last week week and, week and a half ago and you know um my youngest is 15 my oldest is 23 and I sometimes I look at them and I just think where did that time go because I still feel I still feel 25 you know I mean and I still act 25 <laughs> 35 but I see what you mean you, you don't feel 
like you oh, are. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel. And when I look in the mirror, sometimes I, you know, if I if, if I haven't slept or something like that, I look in the mirror and I think, who is that? You know, it's about. I think for me, it's about recognizing. It's not about oh my god, I look I look gorgeous or I look fantastic or anything. It's just like recognizing me, the real me. And when you know, when I'm getting sleep and I'm drinking lots of water and I've had a treatment, you know, in the last month or two, and it does, it lasts like you know, that just that the freshness lasts for quite a while. Yeah. Because um, I don't have. I, I'm not. I don't rush into the clinic every every other week, you know, that sort of thing. But I think, you know, those re just even those regular microdermabrasions, like maybe once every two or three months, it just freshens my skin like nothing else. Like, you know, it's like I've slept for a week. Yeah. Well, I think the two of us, I mean, obviously, especially for me, aging is one thing because I'm getting older. Um, but I look at young people, and this is something I love as well, the thought of, kids going through acne, you know, young kids going through acne, being very confident, getting hit by a faceload of acne and changing their whole confidence, their ability yeah. to communicate with people. It's very, obviously your face is very visual. The first thing someone sees when they come up to you is your face. And yeah. to be able to manage that, and I think the girls do a great job of being able to set plans in place so that when you do have an issue with your skin, whether it be acne, whether it be scarring, whatever it might be, they can get you to the stage that you feel confident and then it's a maintenance thing. It's a, okay, now I know I need to look after my skin and how I look after my skin. Um, yep. it, it puts you on that track to continue looking after it as you get older so that you don't get to the stage that, you know, you've never done anything and then all of a sudden your face, you know, I used to hide behind <laughs> sunglasses when I first got here because I couldn't bear to look at my eyes. It's, not, it's unfair, the ageing process. But, I mean, you're right. It's the, you know, the – and if you – when you're once we, when you're young and if you start this journey early and you learn all the tools – because one of the things I love about um, about the technicians who, who, who I go and see is that they educate me. Every time I'm there, they're talking to me about it. You know, I mean, obviously I had the Observe 520 – deep skin analysis which was kind of slightly scary but also amazing to understand what was going on with my pigmentation particularly and you know where the oils were and where I was dry that was amazing but also just the education talking to me about what was happening in my skin um, and I think for particularly younger people starting out perhaps they start with, with, with an acne journey you know um, but then they're just getting that education right the way through their lives that they understand that as they change and as they grow and as hormones come and fluctuate, they, there are things that they can do. And it's not what I also love about the, the treatments around, you know, acne and, and um, particularly oily skin and it's a problematic skin is that it doesn't have to include medication. Like I love that you don't have to be pumping yourself full of something or taking drugs and yet your skin can still heal through these amazing treatments that are, you know, non-invasive most pretty much, um, you know, and it's it's just that's such a, it's, for me, it's such a good thing because I don't like putting too much chemicals in my body. So for me, I think that's amazing. No, I'm the same. And I mean, I've got four young boys and I guess most people would think the last thing I'd be doing is getting my kids into the cosmetic clinic to have anything done. But being boys as opposed to girls, there's a very, I guess, cultural thing that, that we see women are the only ones that go into the cosmetic clinic. But thankfully, nowadays, that's changing. Um, but for my boys, I just think it's imperative for them to know, like I get them to look after their body, they exercise, they eat well. 
I, I would also like them to learn about their skin and as they're growing and they're changing to understand how to manage that and understand how to look after their skin so as they get older they age well oh, which absolutely at their young age they probably don't care because they look you know beautiful but I know as they go through that puberty stage that's something that they will appreciate that their skin can be under control oh totally I mean I've got I've got two that have already been through it and two that are going through it. And I know certainly um, my youngest, Felix, who is beautifully gender fluid, um, he has got my oily T-zone, yay, yay genetics. And he's at the moment, you know, we're at home and he's literally standing, looking in the mirror and at the spots on his chin and he is just freaking out, <laughs> you know. And he's already saying, how old do I have to be before I can go in and get the treatments that you get at, at TCC? You know, how... When can I, and, and also, and this is an interesting subject for me that, you know, and I don't know who else is having to deal with this out there, but one of the things that he's already asking me is how soon can I get laser hair removal on my upper lip, you know, yeah. being gender fluid. So yeah. there are so many different levels these days of taking care of yourself. And, and it's not about, for, for Felix particularly, it's, it's about yeah. being the best version of himself what we're focused on is, you know, meeting people's expectations, um, trying to get them to be where they want to be. But yeah. that thing about just being happy with yourself, we're not trying to change you. We've got, like, if I look at our cosmetic nurses, they yeah. do amazing jobs with both your filler and your anti-wrinkle just to be able to freshen up your face, not to change you into something else, but yeah. just to make you look at yourself in the mirror and think, wow, I'm looking, you know, the best that I can be. Yeah. I look I look like the me that I that I see in my mind. You know, I look at the I look like the me that I want to see in the morning, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. and I think I think that is one of the coolest things about it. Do you have have you had like a is there a favorite treatment that you've had so far that you really enjoyed? Cosmelan, um the Cosmelan treatment I had kind of blew my mind. My skin literally was taken back 20 years um, after having that. Uh, obviously, it's predominantly used for pigmentation, which I had pigmentation um, issues, just general, I guess, hormonal kind of pigmentation. And yep. just not only the pigmentation that was that was removed because of it, but just the quality of my skin after having the Cosmolan, the quality of my skin for months and months after as part of the plan was just amazing. Um, so it's been over a year since I've had that. And I think some of our other treatments, the Ageless Peel is probably one of my favourites. I think. Ooh, yeah, I'd like to get myself one of those. Phenomenal <laughs> after that. Um, and it's quite a luxurious treatment. Um, I feel some of the others, you're, you know, microneedling, which is fantastic, um, can be a little bit uncomfortable, to say the least, depending on what kind of treatment you have. Whereas yep. the Ageless Peel is is as I said, a bit luxurious. You're lying back enjoying it and come out of it with the most phenomenal skin. I think you've just hit the nail on the head there, which is something that, you know, I talk to, you know, people who know that I do some work with the cosmetic clinic and that I, that I visit the cosmetic clinic, trying to, they're like, oh, is it like a, you know, if they haven't had it before, is it like a spa? Is it a facial? Is it just, you know, or is it, you know, um, particularly when you're talking about microneedling and, and they're like, oh, that, that sounds really scary and stuff. And I guess the whole thing is, is, it's it's more it's so much more than a facial everything you guys do um it's it's mediastetic it is 
cosmetic medicine. The treatments have, you know, super highly trained technicians leading edge technology. Yeah. And it's doing something. It's not just a nice, oh, this is nice. It feels lovely. It does feel lovely. I even love the 10-step microdermabrasions. Like, I love the feeling of everything, all that crap being sucked out of my pores. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think people, you know, people are like, do they, what actually is it? You know, and what it is, is it's like, it's, it's sort of taking a spa idea and turning it into something medical, you know? Absolutely. And that, as I said before, that was the, the journey of the business that we we joined into was yeah. I think they started and they did nails and they did eyebrows and they did a very, very wide range of treatments. Um, and they worked out, well, let's actually narrow it down and work out what really works and really works well and people can see the results of them um, and, and use, as you said, great technology that we have in place. And when we picked up the business and brought it over here, um, I mean, there was numerous reasons for it, but um, one of the big advantages we could see is that at the time over here in New Zealand, treatments were astronomically expensive. If you weren't wealthy, you weren't getting treated because yeah. laser hair removal was, as I said, exorbitant in pricing compared to what we had in Australia. Um, and by bringing the business over here, we were able to drop that pricing because our focus was, that, well, this should be available to everybody laser hair removal is cheaper than getting you know waxing or shaving for the rest of your life and if anyone's tried it you would never ever not do it oh yeah um, <laughs> so the, of the business as it grew was to refine these treatments down to what really works really works well so that when we have clients come in they can see their results they're not just thinking oh well that was a bit of a you know it was a nice day out but that was it so like yeah. you said we narrowed it down to the treatments we thought worked well for the time so it wasn't a come in spend a day in here it was I need to get this done I come in and get it done or if it's a as I said a more luxurious treatment like an ageless peel or a microderm full microdermabrasion you're there for a longer your skin's getting that really good treatment yeah. and I from that and we still build on it we're always looking for new technology um, that we can put in place because we want it to be a place people come and get results yeah absolutely oh and the laser hair removal I mean I mean, it was something that I'd never thought of before, ever, 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 as you said, before you guys arrived here. <laughs> um, you know, the good, good old razor, what was wrong with that? Well, I mean, obviously now, uh, you know, plastics, the single-use things, I try and limit that as much as possible. And when I had my first laser here, I only ever, I only had three treatments. I was so lucky, and it, it reduced the hair growth so much that... I barely need. I barely even think about it anymore. You know, it's I'm just amazing. Um, thing. I mean, it depends on what you want. Some people yeah. do not want hair, and they go through that full cycle of whatever's required to get rid of it, whether it be six, ten, twelve treatments. And I, I'm like you. There was like my arms. I had particularly hairy arms for a female, and I just didn't like it. I used to always be a bit self-conscious of it. Um, so I only had a few treatments, but it was enough to thin them out. So I like having hair on my arms, but I just didn't want it as dark. So I think that's also good. You can mix and match and work out what's best for you. Yeah, and I think that's what the technicians help with as well. Like, you know, they were, you know, you, you can go in with all these grand schemes of I'm going to look, you know, 20 years younger forever and ever and I'm going to have, I'm going to be completely hairless and, and look like I could, you know, but, but realistically, <laughs> realistically, what it is is it's just simply looking, just being you and looking the best, 
the best that you can possibly be and loving how you look instead of sort of going, oh, I wish I could do this or I wish I could change that. I, and I think that is one of the things that I've learned a lot with the cosmetic clinic is, is actually really appreciating, appreciating my skin particularly, you know, and the, and the genes that I have. Um, obviously, you know, I always used to hate having dark hair because I had dark hairy arms and dark hairy legs and all that sort of stuff. But that's, you know, appreciating that that's actually, in terms of laser hair removal, it's a reasonably good thing. And I'm, you know, getting, you know, getting through it perfectly well. But I think the other thing is, you know, that you're talking about pigmentation. I had the same with, with my four children, because three of them are boys. And that um, melasma, the, the, you know, hormonal pigmentation, just each each pregnancy got worse and worse. And since starting with the cosmetic clinic on, on a little bit of a journey, and I used the brightening pack um, from Balance, I, it's just less and less and less and less, you know, which is, and it's, it's just, a, and it doesn't take much time and it's not even expensive, you know, like, I mean, we were sitting here talking before about, you know, the supermarket, you know, some of the supermarket brands and things like that. When you think about it, you know, balance is actually not expensive. It's, it's actually affordable, really, really good cosmeceutical skincare. Because of the quality of the product as well, you don't have to put a ton of it on. Yeah. Um, the difference in yes it might be a little bit more expensive but you're using pea sizes at a time so you're not mine lasts for months <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, for months but the quality of it and as i said the the difference in your, your skin quality is amazing it really really is hey selena um i could talk to you for hours but i am very aware of time and that we're we're both sitting here with all these kids running around and they're like creep might have creeping around the background and felix was running the sink before and i'm glaring at him so <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your busy super busy life um to chat with us here on the blue beauty podcast and um yeah thank you so much pleasure thank you and keep safe everybody yeah, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, Selena. Cheers. Bye. Bye.